And welcome to Cinemarathon, the movie marathons podcast where we watch a series of films all in one day and discuss them afterwards. My name is Matthew, and today I'm joined by Amanda. Hello. And Pat. Greetings. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this episode because we haven't done many thematic episodes. Uh, the only one that comes to mind, actually, is Lincoln, which uh, our friend Stu suggested yeah. a couple years ago. And we actually had a really good time watching those movies. And uh, so this month, we are actually doing what is sort of unofficially called the L.A. Public Works Trilogy, which uh, if I need to explain to my listeners and our listeners out there, uh, is the trilogy of films that is comprised of Chinatown, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Two Jakes. And uh, there's been a lot of speculation over the years as to whether or not Who Framed Roger Rabbit was actually sourced from what was going to be originally a third film in the Chinatown trilogy, um, or whether or not it was just an homage to Chinatown, which it clearly is in many ways. Clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but the details have been sort of suspect over the years. But uh, I know, Pat, you did a little bit of research before we started watching them about what the reality of that was. Yes, the reality is, is that uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as an adaptation is, is clearly just a a brother production to remind us of hard-boiled detective stories in the past, mm -hmm. notably Chinatown, yes, and other other d detective stories. In fact, there's a great re reference to it. I'm going to say it's a connective tissue in Chinatown that some could draw a comparison to the source material for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and watching them in sequence like we did, you, re you really feel it. Like, it oh, clearly... Yeah references and it is very connected yeah, so it whole, felt so fluid the whole basic structure of who framed roger rabbit is pretty much chinatown yeah <laughs> uh, which we'll get into all the details of later but um yeah originally there was uh, they they had an intended third film in the chinatown trilogy that yes. was going to be called giddis versus giddis correct that's right and uh but that had nothing to do with the like cloverleaf style no, rail no. car subplot that exists in who framed roger rabbit nor the freeway no it was going to be about uh the air and uh possibly even then um uh airspace and, mm -hmm. and and airplane travel yeah because but part of it what was that uh, jake gets a divorce from his wife mm -hmm. at the time because california uh, at the time of when the, the story what was going to take place in California had just recently uh, allowed um, a, a um, open-ended no-fault divorce where, mm, where parties mm -hmm. could just split mm. and nobody gets the other uh, party. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Jake's wife was to have been re revealed to be uh, cheating on him with a Howard Hughes-type air mogul oh okay mm. yeah so basically the original if the intended trilogy had been produced would have been chinatown which was about the water yes then two jakes would have been about or is about real estate yeah and i guess but an oil and as oil, well yes and then the third film would have been about air yeah so um hence why you get the idea the the subject of the la public works yeah um growth and resources and the management of them exactly right um but it turns out that the Who Framed Roger Rabbit being based on the original unproduced script of uh, Chinatown Trilogy was not true, as you had just described. Not at all. And really is just mostly sourced from the book. Um, was it Who... Who censored Roger Rabbit. Who censored Roger Rabbit, which yeah. actually was about comic strips, not cartoon characters. That's and right. they adapted it. 
but um, but then eventually became a film associated with Chinatown because of the obvious plot connections and thematic uh, uh, arcs of the characters. Um, so we went ahead and did it anyway, even though it's unofficial. There's still plenty to talk about, and it actually was quite a fun fun way to uh, watch these three movies. It so was fun, very yes. enjoyable. But yeah, so we can go ahead and start with the first film, which was Chinatown, which came out in 1974. This movie is just one of the best. It's great. This is the second time I've ever seen it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the first time you're just kind of following along and really trying to keep up with what's happening. It's uh, relatively quick paced. Um, And what I now noticed on second viewing, it's just so clever. Like one of the first clever things to happen is... um, as a detective, you know, he's got all these like tricks up his sleeve of how to get information. And um, the first thing that caught my attention was when he puts the um, watches under the, the tire oh, of the car. Yeah. And that day you didn't have a way to like reference when people were coming and going. You couldn't just stick a camera on them. Not really. Yeah, there's no spy cam stuck right, across the street. Right. And-, and so he would he would put watches under the car the car would run over them and then he would see what time people left places yeah. uh, or how long their duration was wherever they were is clocking it, you know? Yeah. And like, to me, that was so clever. Yeah. Like I, I'm maybe it's um common in literature or something, but I really hadn't seen that in a movie yeah. before. And obviously this is from the seventies. So, you know, it's kind of the first sort of reference of that. Yeah. But like just, really impressed with how clever this movie was well i think what this movie does really well just as a script in general is that it does a really good job of introducing information without throwing it at you sure like it's like most detective noir movies have a vo or a voiceover uh throughout the film like constantly giving (laughs) you like this showing and telling thing which i know it can be it can work and it can create a certain type of mood but for the, this movie, I think it excels in being able to just let events play out and let you basically act as a detective along with Giddis, Jack Nicholson's main character, which I think is very... I know we talked about this in the Indiana Jones marathon, too. Like That's why The Last Crusade is my favorite of the trilogy, mm. is because you so feel that you're on that journey, too. Like Every step of the way, you're gathering information with them. You're participating in it. And uh, yeah, I think Chinatown is maybe... The, one of the best screenplays of all time to do that. It's worth noting that Chinatown is not adapted from any previous uh, story material, although it borrows heavily from Philip Mar- Philip Marlowe stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was written by R- Robert Town, and uh, R- Roman Polanski had a bit of a hand in the story. R- Roman Polanski d- directed it. Yeah. And produced by R- Robert Evans. Oh, yeah. That creative team working with uh, Jack Nicholson as their muse to use his 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 burgeoning star power to tell a story that hadn't been told specifically before. Yeah, making him a sort of avatar for California itself. Oh, that's and cool. S- specifically, wow, Los yeah. Angeles itself. Yeah, yeah. Where where uh, Nicholson's own career before the late '60s was kind of well was not respectable. Yeah, well, he had done a lot of Roger yeah. Corman. Like, that's of Roger where he Corman came stuff. up. So. And it wasn't uh, until Easy Rider 
in uh, 68 or maybe 69 that the public really no- noticed him and, and he was more or less reintroduced. And then, yeah. his, then his career really launched. And so um, I've been thinking of Chinatown for a, a long time because while we, we were watching it, Jake gets more and more hurt and more and more oh, yeah. a, a, abused yeah. Yeah, physically. Yeah. Beat up. Get beat up. <laughs> he's, he's wearing the threat on him. Yeah. And, and it's visible it's especially visible when he gets cut in the face. Yeah, yeah he's taking the whole, yeah, he's taking the whole brunt of the story, he's like taking, for everybody involved. He's taking the brunt of the story, and all of that is a metaphor for what people are doing to California itself. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. interesting. Yeah, yeah, for one reason or, or another, if it's to protect themselves or to make financial gain, mm-hmm. they're going to manipulate the landscape in order to get what they want out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to stick his nose into other people's businesses and maybe get it cut off and, and, get, <laughs> it, and get it restructured yes yeah exactly yeah chinatown as written and as pre- presented is damn near brilliant yeah it oh, is it's immac it's like an it immaculate script yeah it's pretty well well conceived well acted all of this stuff and reveals and and then yeah getting into the intricacy behind the scenes and what were the motivations and what was happening in the direction Mm-hmm. really really impressive i i i hadn't seen this you had showed this to me matthew probably mm-hmm. about a year ago and you know i was a movie buff but i definitely wasn't in my repertoire of things mm-hmm. you know that i knew about and i'm shocked you know i i guess i because i didn't go to film school and i know it's like one of the things people yeah like chinatown you know and i'm actually glad i waited till i was a bit older mm-hmm. to appreciate it i might not have appreciated it as much when i was younger it so. certainly helps yeah, yeah just to really capture everything that's going on well because it's a very much like i mean obviously it's a very different genre than blade runner but it definitely uh, uh, blade runner being noir inspired sure they're both very slow but not in a bad way. Like they just take their time. They're like deliberate. Like, they're deliberate. Exactly. That's yeah. a perfect word for it. And uh, watching Chinatown, like this is probably like my fourth or fifth time seeing it. And, you know, I watched, showed it to you a few years ago and I really appreciated it then. But like the older I get, the more and more I yeah. appreciate it. You like, could, yeah, I see that. Yeah. It's just like everything about it, just the pacing, the characters, they just work so well. And, uh, one of the th- reasons I really, really like this movie is obviously the cinematography, which is just gorgeous. And they do such a good job for a film shot in 1974 and making it look much older. Like the production design, the type of lenses they used, like definitely. what year is it supposed to be in the movie? 1973. No, no, no. 1937. Yeah, 1937. Got transposed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, but yeah I mean, it feels like a film much yeah. earlier than when it was produced, and one, that yeah. helps so much. One, one thing that that does help for that and l- lends the style is the, the opening credits. Absolutely. Was the titles scrawling like a movie from the 30s. Yeah, yeah. they really and did put so you in it. it's so pretty to look at. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. The first time I saw Chinatown and then saw those title cards, I thought, oh, man, those are just like those like old Mary Melody's Looney Tunes title cards. And having like no concept that those Looney Tunes title cards were based on the old, you know, yeah. the old. That's just what they did at the movie theater. Noir. That's yeah. just what it is. That's just what it was. Yeah. But yeah, I saw it when I was fairly young, so it was funny to be like to now know. It's like, wow, I was sort of off base there. And I really do feel like this movie, as far as pacing, when we're talking about it, it's like it's such a good combo of action, and you know, there's quite a bit of violence in it. That nose cut scene, yeah, when Roman Polanski cuts his nose, yeah. Um, is intense. It's really intense. Well, the splatter is crazy. It's timed so well. It's still really shocking to see. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And it's still like, 
And then yeah. when you see the damage, you know, you real it's cut most of it on that side. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying like the, the combo of like comedy and kind mm. of romance and parts and action and all of that. It's it's pretty well put together in that way. Like I'm very impressed with how it hit so many different kind of things. Because yeah. rarely do you find a movie that ha- can have equal action and comedy. You know, and romance. You know, it just it really marries all those kind of things really well. Is this a romance, really? Well, not really, but I mean, sort of a tragic romance. It's a tragic romance, anything. There's a lot of love. There's like a weird. There's a longing. There's a caring. Yeah, Yeah. that reminds me of like a a, a, like unrequited love and stuff like that. It's very tragic for sure. Oh, the tragedy involved. Yeah, I mean, it's just horrific. Jake winds up caring for Evelyn and caring caring for the things that she cares for, mm-hmm. and it takes a while for for, for the movie to, to to sift through and determine exactly what it is that she cares about. Yeah, and it's Catherine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which daughter. is like, which is a great way to structure a plot. It's yeah. like you're learning about someone and falling in love with someone, and you don't even you as an audience don't know her. Yeah. So you're having to learn about her w- the same way that Giddis is. And she, that's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. She's yeah. the supreme mystery at the center of this. And at the beginning of it, we think it's the story of, of Hollis, of Hollis Mulray yeah. cheating on his wife. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Well, to speak to what you were saying about like how it like, it's like, so like has action and all this and everything. What I think is really interesting about this movie, which I think was a, con- a conscious decision on the screenplay, uh, was that he's a detective that doesn't use a gun. It's like he doesn't carry a gun. He doesn't use a gun. And because uh, most noirs that he's, you know, they're trusty sidekick is their pistol you know what i mean Shoot first ask questions later exactly yeah. but like this whole movie structured around him like being yeah. a detective in a private eye with that, yeah. that it's like mcgruber or mcgruber's like this you know he's like he refuses <laughs> to use a gun so he has to figure out other ways yeah. of interacting and engaging with exactly. you know with conflict so. engaging yes the, the the most important thing he does is talk to people yeah exactly mm-hmm. and um Another another really clever trick that Jake pulls that that that, that also helps with the, the the structure of the story and how it's told, us being observers on his journey is that he's in the the, the office of one of the city uh, uh, water de- development people mm-hmm. and just sitting alone in his office he he asks oh can can I take a, a business card of yours yeah right. and it takes like four yeah 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 because later on what, what, when he's talking to a worker who's never met that man from that office before mm-hmm. he passes himself off as that man just by simply saying Showing the this is me card. let me in look yeah, yeah I have this business card I put that yeah. on there too it's clever you it's know very clever it's just these like little little nuggets exactly. Of cleverness and and you know exactly what he's doing. It's not like it's yeah. above you in concept. It's just so. But we don't know until later. Interesting. When we see him do it. Exactly. When he's like yeah. taking it. Well, that's what it. this movie does so well is it gives you little bits and then doesn't feel the need to explain it oh, right away because we'll see it. Because we will see it. Yeah. We'll see it unfold as it happens. And uh, yeah, and he, it's just it's and really he, great. He gains so much more leverage that way. Mm-hmm. He finds out so so much more information than if you were being chased around in yeah. a gunfight. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't find anything out. Absolutely. He'd wind up dying much quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I also wrote a note about um, how he's going into the archives and ripping things. So he asks for a ruler so he can rip it straight right. and does this the, like coughing trick <laughs> yeah. so that he can rip. You know, the silly stuff that... With that really snooty clerk. Yeah, yeah the, the snootiest clerk. clerk in the history of oh clerks. Oh my God, yeah, so great. And then you don't feel bad 
you know, that's a good setup too. Then you don't really feel bad. He's taking stuff because the, the right. person he's dealing with, treating you so think shitty. he's such an ass that yes. you're like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind that he's doing that, but just the, you have a ruler, you know, yeah. and just taking it uh-huh. helps me to read. I left my glasses, you know, yeah. just everything's explained such in a great, beautiful way. And again, Jack, um, Jack Nicholson is so charming. Yeah. He's so charming in this character. Yeah. You know, and smart and bright. And yeah, you just really fall for him, yeah. you know, in this part. Yeah. yeah. And the movie starts, I guess we should just sort of give a general overview uh, for listeners about like exactly the structure of this film and what the the overall mystery is, which is yeah, the very opening of the film starts with photographs of uh, an affair in progress. Um he was hired as a private eye to gain evidence that uh, a wife was cheating on uh, a husband, which was, in this case, the actor who... Burt Young. Yeah, Burt Young. As Curly. As Curly. <laughs> who yeah. ends up being a chauffeur later. <laughs> exactly. He comes back into it. But, uh, yeah, the he was also known from the Rocky Rocky films, yeah. like, which most people probably know him from. But, uh, but, yeah, like you said, this movie like does engage on a lot of... About, it's about relationships, not necessarily mm-hmm. about love, but it's about relationships. That's right. That's right. And uh, so that's what we're, it establishes that universe. Not only that in that we're dealing with mystery, but that we're dealing with vice. And I think that's really cool that like from the first shot, you know what world we're in. This is not, you know, this is not a, your classic love story. This right. is not, you know, a comedy straight up. This is about something about people hurting each other, essentially. Right. Um, a great way to relate the, the the relationships to each other too is is Jake's reaction to Curly's reaction. His, yeah, his 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 his, his, gr- his grief. Uh, and make going just at the window, right? Yeah, at the window, the blinds. he's he's tearing up the the, the blinds, and 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 Jake even t- tells him you can't eat the Venetian blinds. We, we just had him put in Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> like his absolute lack of sympathy. Exactly. Is this like, is his job? Yeah, which That's is great. It. Again, you establish the personality of your character in the first line of dialogue. Yes, spouts. It's amazing. It's so good. So he, him, us knowing that he's a private investigator who deals with a lot of these types of relationships and affairs and everything, then we're presented with a very similar uh, request from another woman. Right. He's like, he went from one affair to the next. It should be more of the same. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, let's go on. And actually represents what I thought was interesting, a uh, machismo or a sort of misogyny built into our character in the way he reacts to the woman. Yeah. requesting for a private investigator because my guess is that he probably didn't give curly that much of a hassle when he no came to hire because his yeah. his response to her was like go home sleep it off kind of sort yeah, of thing do you, like, lo- do you love your husband <laughs> yes then you should just go home and <laughs> forget can't about be any trouble yeah yeah <laughs> See, I guess in those days, then, the mindset is if a husband's cheating, he'll still always come home to his wife. He's doing it for a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Shut if, your mouth. Yeah, and if yeah. his wife's cheating, then the relationship has problems. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's totally the mindset, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, so Either way, business is booming for him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in those days, yeah. Well, he's certainly not turning down the money. No. Yeah. No. And then, yeah, the reveal that she was just hired as a to pull, uh, portray... Um, uh, Evelyn is not actually her. I love Faye Dunaway's entry too. Yeah. Yes. That, is that the Chinaman the joke? Yeah, the Chinaman joke. <laughs> yeah. Which is just goes on for so, so long. So long, and you're so uncomfortable. She's yeah. standing there. <laughs> but I like her whole. First of all, first of all, Faye Dunaway is very captivating, very interesting. Oh, like yeah. I don't think she's a 
not that she's not beautiful, but she's she she's, is she's very pretty and she's commanding too. But yeah, yeah, she's very different looking in a way too. Very strong features, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and commanding is a great way to put it. But when she comes in, it's like, have you ever met me? You know, and he's uh-huh. like, no, I can't say I have. Then how could you know this about me yeah. in this affair yeah. or whatever? How could you say you're working for me? Yeah, how could you say yeah. you're working for me? So good. Yeah. What a great introduction. Yeah. And they let all of these scenes essentially, I mean, for the most part, there's a lot, there's significant amount of editing in this movie, but a lot of the scenes play out in single takes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like they just Like the let scene at the coroner's office. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. right. Yeah. From like you travel all the way through the scene, left to right, like into the details, back out like without ever cutting yeah and again it just helps keep you in the room it makes you feel like you're there too you the camera is a fifth person or fourth person standing there too observing yes and it's it's just incredible the way it's laid out and actually it was funny i was looking doing some research on the cinematographer for this movie, and he's done a ton of stuff obviously but one thing that i thought was john cool, laszlo yeah yeah what's cool is that he ended up going on to be the cinematographer for cool world which is yeah. the other major like live action yes. animated like yes. noir. So it's like it's sort of tied into this trilogy. That's Perfect. so weird. How yeah. funny. It's so strange. It's Hollywood really cool. if she could. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh but yeah, so it's like the the visual storytelling in this movie is immaculate and it's just yeah, I wish they made movies more like this. And like, just I like the really brief synopsis of what ha- occurs again, it's revealed in such a great way that Truly, she is the one with a deep, dark secret yeah. like we yeah. talked about. And that um, when it's revealed, you're just so shocked. Yeah. Meaning that um, her daughter is actually a birth child of yeah. her and her father's. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is, is so devastating. Yeah. So horrifying. You and know? honestly, the way because because they structure the whole movie especially the first act around the idea of like adultery and affairs and adult consensual relationships it never even occurs to you right. to suspect this young blonde as being anything but another one of those right. it's like the perfect misdirect no nope. like and by the time you ha- he's slapping her and she's like she is my she's my daughter and my sister you're like wait what right. like where do, it's like it's such an amazing reveal yeah. and uh and it's just all of these characters work together so well because each in their own way are hiding a piece of themselves, which I think is true in like real life as well. Certainly. But, but as far as a mystery is concerned, you know, Faye Dunaway has the mystery of her daughter slash sister. Um, Hollis um, uh, is the one. He's the one that gets that's. Faye Dunaway's husband. Yes, yes and he yeah. gets killed. And he gets killed. And you're wondering what the relationship is with this blonde. So right, he's right. mysterious. You know, her father, Faye Dunaway's father, Noah is, yeah. Noah is mysterious because he just seems too sh- cocksure. Right. You know, he, like, he seems too, like, just too confident in everything. And that's suspicious in its own right. way. And then you have the Jake Giddis at the core of this whole movie who has his own mystery, which is the title of the movie. Like, you know he has this relationship with Chinatown. Yeah. And something happened there. Earlier in his career. But you don't know what. It's never explicitly said until later you get it's something to do with a woman. We get the point of it. Yeah. But, yeah. like, it's like the whole movie you're wondering, what is this thing? Why don't you want to go back there? Yeah. So it keeps you engaged not only as an overall story, but with each individual mm-hmm. character. Can we get into Jake's uh, yeah, ch- ch- Chinatown yeah. history right now? The point of it being he, his job was to protect a woman. Mm-hmm. And in protecting her, 
she got killed. Yeah, she yeah. got hurt, and he had he ended up having feelings for her. Yes. in some way, and he cared for her. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and and that's exactly what happens in this. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it happens all over. Exactly, again. Yeah. and ends in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Really, it really haunts him, and yeah. then relives itself in his, you know. What he would think would be his nightmare yeah. recurring, but just happening again in real life. Yeah. 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 I think also, too, they, for as a person who's born and raised in LA, I thought they did a great job of covering a lot of LA. You know, yeah. they go to Catalina when they meet Noah Cross. That's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the orange fields, the farming yeah. industry that they show, I thought was very interesting. And then the town and then the city, you know. I really and the beach they show the beach you know like it felt very Los Angeles in a way oh, you yeah. know it's a, it's a it's a portrait of Los yeah, Angeles yeah it's just a per- yes exactly that's the best way to put it <laughs> it's even a, a, a portrait of Los Angeles that doesn't that, that didn't even exist at the time of the production yeah right they had to go back and they had to find neighborhoods that looked like the neighborhoods in the past yeah they had to transport it back 40 years yeah. and it's Perfect. It's convincing. It's like, it's I, I, not for a second do I think we're in 1974. Yeah, yeah. the costumes, the cars, the Just settings. Just the skies. Like, yeah. the lack of, like, uh, you know, congestion in the sky. Like, telephone poles or wires. Right. You know, it's like, it seems un unconstructed. Yes. It seems like it's at the birth of this new city. Right. Ready to burst. Yeah. Can you imagine having to film that today in LA? Like finding just a block that doesn't look overbuilt. Right. Like it's incredible. It's so cool. And like, on, and uh, speaking to that, you know, the idea is that the other mystery or major core mystery of this, which is why it's called the LA public works trilogy. Uh, why we did all these movies is uh, the mystery of the water, the water, um, yeah. you know, and why is it being redirected and where, you know, what's the source and where is it ending up? And, and who is it benefiting? Yeah, you know? who's 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 gonna get the most out of this water situation? Yeah. And what's interesting is is that in the birth of LA, which this is based on true crime, sure. So uh, the this whole water issue and the the farmers and everything, like they dealt with it then, and we're still dealing with it now. Of course, like yeah, to, it's drought. still drought, it's drought, and redirection of water. Like we've wrecked all a lot of Northern California. Those orange fields and farms and stuff are still wrecked, and they're suffering. You drive up there right now today, and there's still the same signs yeah. sitting up there saying like, "Give it, you know, stop stealing our water." Like. It's crazy. It's just it's like this history repeating itself over and over again. And it's uh, honestly at the end of the by the end of the movie, we discover that uh, Evelyn's father had basically managed to purchase something amongst around the number of like 50,000 acres of the San Fernando Valley. And that the idea was to basically abscond with these 50,000 acres. And then once it's under his possession, redirect water there right. so that now it's farmable people can live there and it's like a massive real estate scheme mm. it's essentially the same plot of as gene hackman in uh superman in superman yeah sort of it's like it's he bought estate. it inland and then it, he's going to redirect the water yeah. by cre- you know breaking off once a piece water of it. gets there it'll be lucrative exactly yeah. exactly right. but uh but yeah also a really interesting issue you know what i mean talk about like action movies or thrillers you know usually it's about murder or it's about you know but yeah. like the idea that this was about water yeah. and real estate like the basic resources that we all need to live Every, i think it's everyone never, needs it and a lot yeah. of us are taking it for granted exactly it's not granted it's given or pulled or pushed <laughs> exactly yeah i do love though that he purchases uh all of the all of the land under the names of these 
old like the, ladies the mar vista inn yeah. yeah the retirement home retirement home yeah. uh, people and as they pass away like he that's getting transferred into his name basically it's very clever yeah very but clever. that stuff happens now with like the it voters yeah, and there's stuff. voter fraud tied into that voter fraud you know i think that the fact that it has you know so strong roots and sort of reality is what makes it a good story too it's that yeah it's things that people can relate to and see happening. Also, it probably definitely shines a light on corruption and like the public works. You wouldn't think like the water people are corrupt, yeah. but there is corruption all there over. Is. Wherever there's money, there is corruption. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like I said, this just shines a really great light on that sort of corruption. Um, obviously, there's a deeper secret and it's a very personal story for one family, but mm -hmm. this overarching like how it affects everybody else too is really interesting and i i just kind of like jake's you know jack nicholson as jake's bullheaded sort of i started this and yeah, i'm, I'm gonna, gonna finish, finish this yeah i'm gonna keep searching because there is more yeah and everything just draws in out and like you're saying he's getting physically he's wearing the movie the stress and strain and and brutality of this kind of situation yeah but he's not stopping and not yeah. just for his interest in her, but he's definitely, he stays in this business because he's, you know, he comes from the money, but he stays cause he's interested yeah. in what's happening. You know, he's a true detective at heart for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I love that. Uh, there's that one line in the movie. It's like a famous line where, uh, the coroner says, uh, we're in a drought and the water commissioner drowns only in LA. Mm -hmm. Like it's so, so awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It just shows like just right from the get go, this town was corrupt and like needed water and we don't have it. We still don't have it. It's just, it sums up everything about this movie. It's so great. And leave it to the coroner to, to have such a sharply defined sense of humor. Yeah. No, of Absolutely. course. He's the coroner. They're always the worst. They yeah. always have the, the nastiest sense of humor. Uh, you would too. If you got uh -huh. dead people yeah, all day. If you're day. handling the dead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I did notice too, though, watching this movie, and I had never actually acknowledged it before. Uh, but in the cinematography, what's really cool uh, is that there's very specific color palettes for different areas of LA based on the affluence of that area. So, if, like, Ooh. you go out into like where like everyone's poor and stuff, and it's all browns and dry and dusty, and you know, it's like. And then every time you get into areas where it's like money is, it's green. It's so green. It's Catalina was yeah. super lush. Yeah. yeah, and like the the orange fields and like out where um uh the Mulray the Mulray estate. It's like yeah pitch perfect green grass yeah. and like yeah it's it's amazing it's so quiet this is the first time i noticed it. and i think this time it's the salt up. water is bad for grass too yeah salt water is bad for grass <laughs> uh but uh i i think the reason i noticed it this time too is because i was trying to picture this movie in black and white while i was watching it yeah you made a tweet about that yeah yeah because i was like man this movie i bet if you just like sucked all the color out and put up the contrast like this movie would look so nice i bet it would yeah and observing that and paying attention to that i was like i was noticing the colors more and it was just really cool so if you watch chinatown again really pay attention to the color palettes of all the different locations he goes to yeah this is re really important the, the the character of lou escobar Mm -hmm. Who 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 had also worked the beat of Chinatown? Um, oh yeah, the, 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 the actor Jake had yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, Lou is is the person who's on the the murder case yeah. sp specifically, and and he is warning uh, Jake that that he's being implicated in withholding information mm -hmm. for this case yeah 
And if Jake doesn't find out and, and everything in time, he'll he'll be pulled into it and he'll be charged. Absolutely. Along with the, the, the murder. Which is another reason why he's invested, not just because of the money and not yeah. just because he's like interested just personally, but yeah. because like, oh, shit, I might fall for this yeah. in some way. Right. He, he and that's because the article had come out, the newspaper ad had come out saying yeah. that he was behind the reveal of exactly. this affair. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the man turns up dead moments later. Yeah. yeah. And he's. So fingers like point at him too yeah, yeah like you helped this happen it's really important yeah yeah and then um and then also i thought it, it'd be fun because this does can come up through um uh the 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 men in these movies uh doing these deeds mm -hmm. not exactly cheap at the time uh jake giddis in 1937 uh uh quotes per prices of uh 35 uh dollars a day right yes to yeah. to to evelyn as well as $20 a day for, for his associates, and then a bonus if he gets positive results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's important to, to know. A day, yeah, which is interesting. And she gave him or $5,000 was the yeah. bonus, which uh -huh. is probably a lot of money in uh -huh. that day. I mean, uh, it's a lot of money uh, now. $3,000 was the, the, the bonus oh. she threw in. Oh, okay. That cool. she threw in. And then scenes later, Noah Cross uh, uh, offers to double whatever he's, he's, he, he's being given. Yeah offers it but i'm pretty sure jake doesn't take that offer yeah, yeah. it's important yeah. to note yeah. yeah oh actually that was another line in the meeting of with noah i noticed that oh man the script is so good but uh <laughs> he actually has a line where he says um i took my daughter for a ride if you will but yeah. finance you know but, but if you catch my drift or something if you like catch that. my but or like but he like he qualifies it with so something creepy. which is just like the first first like time you see it you have no idea sure. what you know what he's referring to yeah. uh but even with the qualifier it's so disgusting he's like yeah. oh financially speaking of course or you know or something like that it was something to that effect and it was just like yeah. it was the first time i had noticed that line it's just like holy shit every single piece of information you need to know has been revealed to you 30 minutes prior to when it like you know to when you need to know it yep yet you don't know you have that information yep. it's like so sharp it's yep. such sharp writing my question is um did so was hollis under the impression that Catherine was his daughter no i think hollis was very much aware of, no, the of situation the ha what happened and he was knew. trying to protect yeah. them he also was also concerned to, yes okay yeah because yeah. if it happened when she was young I don't know because I don't know the she age. She was about fifteen or fourteen. Yeah. So then mm -hmm. Hollis and her met later. Yes. Yeah. Curious, you know, and how they yeah. could keep the Catherine away yeah, from cause, Noah. Because when Faye Dunaway has her meltdown in the car and basically right. almost tells Jack Nicholson's character Jake Giddis that uh, what the reality is. Yeah. Uh, and before, but he inserts himself into the conversation before she can reveal, and he's like, "Oh, like." He has an answer for her, and since she doesn't respond, she just lets him believe it, his right. own story. She doesn't deny it. She just, yeah, you think that. Yeah, you, you go can ahead. keep going on and thinking that or whatever. Um, that, yeah, hit, that her understanding uh, or reveals to us what Hollis's relationship was because she says essentially – you don't know what I've put that man through and what yeah. he, how good a man he really is. He, he was just my he, father's business partner at first. Yeah, yeah, and how he he basically just stood up for them knowing Baker. their situation. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the money helps to conceal, you know, when mm -hmm. you have money on your side on her, for her part, that she can protect Catherine and send her to boarding school or wherever she right. needs to under get her away from, from Noah. Yeah. yeah Helpfully. Which is awful. But and unfortunately. Because I don't think. 
mostly she was protecting Catherine that she doesn't want her to have the burden of the truth. Yeah, of course. That right. she's been burdened with her whole, you right. know, since Absolutely. Catherine. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole final scene is just uh, so dead. Like her yeah, trying we can to talk protect, about like, that. who is, th- like, who is that? And he's like, right. it's nobody, you know, like trying to just like, just keep going, look this way, look this way. It's yeah. like, just knowing what that reveal is going to be to Catherine yeah. and is so devastating. Yeah. And once she like really sort of starts to piece it together, like, it is like, and then watches her own mother die. Yep, right next like, to her. Right next Shooter. to her. Right Shoot, next yeah, because she shoots her dad in yeah. the arm. Just Noah Cross gets shot yeah. twice, yeah. just like in the extremities or also in the chest somewhere, mm-hmm. and he just keeps walking. Keeps going. Just well, like yeah, going. this Terminator. is like his weird, like, I don't know. He's mm-hmm. obviously obsessed with knowing Catherine and having her know who he is. I mean, oh, yeah. it's clearly a power play. Exactly. Yeah. Just like all sort of molestation or yeah. rape and stuff like that you she's know? an emotional and financial loose end for him yeah. yes absolutely which is of really that fucking out. scary to think about yeah because yeah, he could have killed her you know yep. and then, then seeing him drag her away she's screaming, screaming. that her yeah. mom just got into killed. the arms of this monster yep. she's been i mean saved. you're just so yeah. horrified you're just so you're like all that and then it, this is what happened yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. And out of yeah, out of the frying pan and into the fire, man. Uh-huh. It's like so devastating. Mm-hmm. And the uh, what's like really crazy about the way all of it's presented. It, like you were saying that it's like oh, they have the money to protect her and send her to bonus school, but he has more money. Yeah, and he, and he will always power. have more money. Yeah. yeah, right. One other way of protecting Catherine w- was w- was that uh, she she had been staying with the uh, the butler and and um and his family uh that's that's con as as played by character actor james hong yeah lopan yeah Yeah, exactly david lopan (laughs) (laughs) also in 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 uh, chinatown in southern california yeah Yeah. (laughs) absolutely Uh, (laughs) there's a theme yeah so so uh he's he's very instrumental in 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 helping to 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 skirt uh uh catherine and and uh, evelyn Away from the uh, the 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 Mulray residence. Yeah, the threat of Noah now, is yes. guarded by by uh, by Khan as well. Very much. And is he? Did he grow up with her? Like, is he her kind of butler since mm, she was young, or no. he just came in? They came into. I think. I think he he, he was just naturally protective. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think by the time we get to the two Jakes, we find out that he is pretty invested in the history of that family. Certainly. So they never explicitly say that he was there since the, you know, since she was, you know, conceived or whatever, but no. he definitely has a long-term history with yeah. his family. Cuz we get the feeling that 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 um that that Hollis helped to shoulder the baggage. Absolutely. And so when when he he, he winds up marrying a, a Evelyn, that, that's all say, that's what's all saying, and we're gonna take care of her too, yeah, as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting that when Noah's confronted with the obvious, you know, scorn of Jake Giddis being like, "How could you do this? You, you like you disgusting, like you monster or whatever." And he's so what's so scary about his response is how accepting he is of what he's done. Like his re- Noah's response is. It, it happened and you wouldn't you'd be surprised that almost any person on this earth given the right circumstances can do almost anything right. and he's just it's like he's explained his himself away like yeah. he just feels like the guilt isn't there and instead of being like having this look of shame or a com- attacking him violently in response to being accused of raping his own daughter he's so accepting of yeah. it and that it's goes for many so other frightening de- that, 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 that goes for many other deeds 
that 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 he's been behind. Absolutely, yeah. like he's a man with not without conscience, I'd say, but a man without regret, mm-hmm. which is like weird. Yeah. It's such such a weird character. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. On that note, I think we can move on to the next film, which is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Actually, it comes second in the uh, L.A. Public Works trilogy, uh, which came out in 1988. Get out of here. So excited to be talking about Who Framed Roger <laughs> yeah, Rabbit. Who isn't? I know. This is one of my most favorite movies. It never gets old. It never gets old. And I actually, over the years, have spoken to quite a few friends about the idea of, is there a perfect movie? Is there a movie that just, it's perfect? And the only thing that even comes close in my mind, honestly, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And I wouldn't even go as far to say that this is my favorite favorite movie of all time because there's things that i react to emotionally stronger and like i'm more invested in but when i think about the craft and the character and the story and stuff who framed roger rabbit i think is on the top of my list of like the most perfect movies yeah it's definitely one of my earliest movie memories Mm -hmm. for sure i mean it's just so memorable and i watched it over and over and i saw it in the drive-ins and i just (laughs) i really how ironic you saw it in a drive i know uh, it like really makes me remember childhood and I think it's interesting because there's all the characters that you loved as a kid in one movie not yeah. often did you see the Warner Brothers crew with the Disney crew and that oh never you never yeah. see that so that to me was like wow it's like seeing <laughs> all of your favorite friends in one place yeah no absolutely <laughs> you know each other and you know each other <laughs> and, he you know? and he was there he was there yeah no it's amazing like yeah, like that's one of the reasons why it's so incredible. It's like it's a movie that can't be produced in any other decade. Yeah. Like honestly, the studio collaboration and cooperation that went into making this movie is unprecedented and will never happen again. Yeah. yeah. It's and just impossible. You'll what? never see Pinocchio or Dumbo in another movie with Roger Rabbit. It's yeah. just not gonna happen. It was lightning in a bottle. It really was. It was like the it was the stars aligned kind of thing. So much so that earlier in the same decade when uh, because the 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 script and the production had been floating around town mm-hmm. b- b- before the production even began and uh t- Terry Gilliam of of uh, M- M- Monty Python fame oh, cool. and and of his own uh, uh film f- fame uh, uh, r- r- uh passed on uh, on the movie famously saying, oh, wow. saying, wow. saying it would be impossible to make this movie technically po- impossible yes. which yeah. is incredible in that in watching this again i noticed that this movie really was, at least in a technical way, an experiment. They, yeah. I mean, there had been combination of live action and animation in movies for you know prior to this. There's yeah. been plenty of examples of it, but I don't think any of them even attempted the caliber of combining an animated universe with a real universe conceptually so well. Yeah, like I mean, it is within minutes. You totally accept that cartoons and people 
coexist. Yeah. Like it's incredible how quickly they convince you of that. <laughs> and there's definitely a drop off. Like there, you can see the noticeable difference in the character design from the animated aspect in the beginning to when they interact with the real human beings. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. But it was a way to really adapt your brain to that. There, there's an interaction and that other thing is separate. Absolutely. You know, that they cut. It's not a movie anymore. Just like you would any other sort of like, Hey, it's a movie about movie making, you know, like I, I was very impressed with that. And um, working in animation, <laughs> I know how hard this must have been. Oh, absolutely. Because the timing and, I mean, everything's traditional. So all these cells were painted out to work with the actors. Do you know, so first the, all the movie was shot and staged yeah. and then they yes. just laid it on top of that, right? right. Yeah, so, it was optically like combined. Yeah. They right. didn't even have computers to do this no, back no. then. It's all right. optical, and that's which all is those, insane. That, that's all those artists sitting there. Mm-hmm you know really ingesting the footage and really acting with it you know the movie was specifically shot on super 35 uh, uh film because it was a larger cell mm. to give the animators as much room as possible yes. to work with inside. interesting yeah. that's really cool that yeah. makes sense to me yeah but that for how else but for a movie crew to jump in the deep end with this not technically knowing if it's even possible to convince yeah. an audience and then to do it so convincingly mm-hmm. is i think one of the great miracles of like modern movie making like yeah. i have to say like just they would be like matthew here's here's some money go see if you can make tunes and humans coexist and yeah. then to do it like this this is your first out of the gate try right. is crazy and they actually never have been able to do it as well since there's never been a film. Not as it's well, yeah. Cool World. They've yeah, certainly cool, tried. Yeah, yeah, Cool World. Cool World, but, like we said. But yeah, but Bakshi's animation style never really lent itself to that sort of realis- realism anyway. Um, <laughs> he has a much rougher style. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it was, it was still a feature and it was completed and it, it's certainly still engaging to this day. Absolutely. Right. And even the, sequ- uh, even the Looney Tunes back in action, live yeah. action anime, doesn't convince like the animation or, or feels Space Jam or Space Jam is pretty good. I've only seen sequences from Space Jam, so I don't Space really Jam. know. I've, Space Jam is pretty seen, good. I've seen it twice. But yeah. would you say it matches Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, because you know, for them, there wasn't. It would be one guy acting yes. with a bunch of animated characters. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this is there's not a balance. They're literally half and half merged worlds, yeah. and that's not like anything yeah. else. Yeah. It's be- and the same same with Cool World. Same yes. thing. You know, same it's thing. usually like one character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember the sequence that I think stands out in my head is the when the weasels show up to Eddie Valiant's Ugh, home yeah. and he's having to hide Roger. Yeah. Who's handcuffed to him. Who's handcuffed to him. Oh, my God. The level of intricacy yeah. in making a scene like that work. I mean, just getting an actor to hit his marks alone and and like is almost impossible sometimes. Yeah. But Bob Hoskins is not only hitting his marks, He's hitting his eye lines mm-hmm. for a character that's not there. He's interacting with props that, that are being moved around on rods. On rods and fish, yeah, fishing lines yep. and splashes of water where yeah. they're supposed to happen. I mean, it is, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we should uh, jump into the the start of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, let's Just, dip our toes into the story. Yeah, into what yeah. actually goes on. Um, but Hol- I, Go ahead, Pat. It's uh, Hollywood 1947. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we find out through Eddie Valiant that the uh, that 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 R.K. Maroon, head of Ma- Ma- Maroon Cartoons, is uh, d- disappointed with uh, R- Roger Rabbit's performances mm-hmm. on, on set. 
and 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 word all around town is that Roger's wife has been cheating on him with with um, cartoon prop maven uh, Marvin Acme. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and and so R.K. Maroon hires Eddie Valiant, the uh, down on his luck alcoholic detective, to go and spy on on Jessica Rabbit and Acme to get proof to show Roger what what's going on so that he can snap him out of his funk. Yeah. And 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 either push him back into being a productive film star or or get him off. Yeah. Get Which him away. Is clearly stripped directly from Chinatown. Yeah, this, not noticing. Yes. Not you wouldn't if you watch them separately, maybe you would just connect the detective aspect. But they are so the same yeah. story. Yeah, the first images of Chinatown being the photographs of the affair, yeah. and then and that's reenacted directly, reenacted in this. in this as the patty cake, the patty cake, yeah. patty Which cake is sequence. So yeah. awesome! I love. That's one thing that I love about this movie: how they put the cartoon twist on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, from the patty cake being the the sexual affair you know like yeah. for Ra- roger i yeah. mean that's devastating might as well be sex you know yeah well it's great that so this, many other details that this yeah. movie opens much in the same way as chinatown with uh an idea that there is a self-awareness of film that you're being that we're looking at something that is constructed yeah i mean the idea okay. that you start a film looking at photographs and then then you reveal to an office of you know the detective yeah this you start with a cartoon which is in its own way its own division still photographs still photographs, still and, then, photographs. and then you pull away and you're now on the film set instead of a detective's office i yeah. mean it the I don't even know if that was conscious. It probably was because this movie's so well conceived. I hope so. I'd like yeah, to I'd think. like to believe so. But I mean, at least it, it it holds in the tradition of Chinatown in that it's asked the audience to pay attention in a way that most other movies don't ask you to. Yeah. Um, obviously, another direct parallel to Chinatown is that uh, Jake Giddis won't doesn't want to go back to Chinatown and doesn't want to or doesn't want to talk about it his experience there yeah in the same way in that uh, Eddie Valiant doesn't yeah. want to go back to Toontown yeah. yeah there's a dark secret which is that um, his brother was killed by, by a, a tune who yeah. dropped a piano on his head in but Toontown in, in Toontown chased him all the way back into Toontown yep. yeah yeah um, but the we beat. they were on the beat in Toontown but we don't know the mystery of this film is we don't know what which tune did it nope. yeah so it's it's revealed to us like you got away whereas in chinatown the right. mystery is sort of like we're not exactly sure what happened there it's right. revealed to us pretty early on that like why eddie valiant no longer wants to go there yeah. but he did have a history at, uh he had a history of actually being okay with cartoons a deep history a deep history like yeah. he, you know they were Protected clowns them. with cartoony yeah. behavior yeah. yeah exactly their father w- w- was a clown in the circus yes exactly and so and so eddie and teddy took after him mm-hmm. and and uh I think that they specifically be, became LAPD detectives because Los Angeles was adjacent to Toontown. Mm-hmm. That that I think that, that, that they're also telling us that that that, that the LA police force w- w- would also monitor Toontown, mm-hmm. so that, that they must have gone there so that they could work Toontown. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until Teddy dies that that that, that Eddie just completely cuts it off and, and represses all of it mm-hmm. and, dra- and drowns it. Yeah. In alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we, of course, must talk about, well, we kind of mentioned it, but that amazing club scene where Jessica Rabbit's first mm-hmm. truly introduced as a character. <laughs> and it's one of the most seductive things ever made. And it's a cartoon, which is funny. I mean, in general, what I appreciate it, and like a cartoon like her would never exist these days, which makes me sad. You know, I know 
I believe in women and rights and stuff. But the, the whole point was that she was this overtly sexual being. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and I love it. Like she's big boobs, big hips, big butt, you know, big old lips, you know, <laughs> I just love it. And I think that was fun and eccentric. And so, you know, she stood out amongst these just kind of odd looking cartoons. Mm -hmm. No cartoon looked human like her in yeah, that way that's right. throughout the whole thing, you yeah. know. Um, plus the whole club scene in general is amazing. Like I said, Daffy the, and Donald piano the, bar, the like piano, um, battle. duel. Yeah. That's so great. amazing. Um, yeah. Dueling piano sequence. Amazing. Penguin, you know, the, the shots around to everybody's job, penguin servers, Betty boop is introduced yeah. there, you know? <laughs> um, and then of course, Jessica's amazing number. And boy, is that amazing. Yeah. And, and that's where you see her interact with, um, Acme, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. he comes yeah. to see her, like that's all right. the people there. He sees the show every time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I just, you know. And you see, I mean, I guess even within the context of tunes, like you can see why Roger is so beaten up by thinking that, you know, she's cheating on him. Like the whole patty cake thing, you know, because it's like you when you <laughs> like, you know, he's a rabbit and, you know, like her name is Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. And you saw the patty cake photos, but like. You don't really grasp who she is until you see her move and right. come to life. Yep. And it's like, it's just like the sequence in Chinatown again where Curly's, you know, ripping at the blinds and yeah. he's going, Oh, and yeah, Roger he does was that in too. the blinds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Roger does the exact Somebody same thing. Somebody must have made it do it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like crying and ripping at the Venetians yeah. just the way Curly was. And the, uh, you know, the idea of this, you know, this thematic public works trilogy or whatever. Yes. It leads us to the idea that the will to Toontown yes. um, basically is tied into the idea of the introduction of the highway system. That's right. And the, the death of the rail cars, uh, yes. the red trolleys in, in Los Angeles. Advancement which, and movement and yeah. production of something else new that hasn't been here before. The exactly. automotive industry yeah. taking over. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is, again, based on a true crime that yep. occurred here in Los Angeles during its early during its infancy. Um, that the auto industry did in fact kill the public transportation system Awful, here so shitty. in order to like garner extra profits. Yeah. And it's worked. It still works. Oh yeah. It we is. have a terrible transportation. I mean, you couldn't really function here. Whereas New York, Chicago, San Francisco, I mean, mm -hmm. anywhere else but LA, you can get around very yeah. easily. Yeah. Eddie Valiant even has the line when he hops on the back of the trolley. Is hey, like, mister, don't you have a car? It's like, why? What do I need that for? LA's got the best public transportation in the yeah. world. It's so funny. <laughs> it's a really good nod to not that, that. we yeah. don't have that. But it's interesting in that. Uh, although it's not a, an, an official sequel to Chinatown, sure. it's in many ways, in my mind, a much more credible uh, thematic sequel to Chinatown <laughs> than to Jake's yeah, because absolutely. it's based on a true crime that actually occurred and events, whereas to Jake's, there's, it's not directly related to any true crime that happened in LA. Right. As far as I know, it's not based on a, a like a, uh, a logged story is oh, okay. it and then as far i, I know my research i couldn't find anything yeah, i don't know yeah but um, um but yeah i would like to now talk about uh christopher lloyd in this movie yeah. because he is yes. one of the best villains of all time in this movie so creepy and ominous and you know what's so funny is the reveal at the end that he is the tune that killed valiant's brother and all of that was so amazing so mm -hmm. You didn't expect it. I did not expect it. I mean, oh, sure. I was like, wow, that's a great twist. Yeah. But there is something literally creepy about him that he was like a man in a mask the whole time. And they do a great job with the makeup where he wears the, the 
the glasses the whole time. Yep. He's got the fake teeth on. Mm-hmm. Like there's something very artificial about him mm-hmm. that's creepy and he doesn't interact with people normally. Mm-hmm. Didn't you, you say know? didn't you say Pat that he never blinks? I, I did not say that, but I, I I know that he did not blink. Yeah, yeah. so that's part it's of the, it's subtle, but yeah, he never char- blinks once the entire film. The character doesn't blink because he doesn't have real, real eyes. That's yeah. yeah. He's he doesn't, wearing this he mask. He doesn't need to wet them because he's wearing eyes. Like yeah. fake eyes. So and amazing. And they pop out later on. We see it happen. So and when you say you think he, like he's wearing this mask, it's because like he... He, he actually instilled that belief in you with the idea of not blinking. Yeah, and yeah. like, and just everything and, about and his him. chin and his Again, Adam's apple. Yeah. Talk yeah. about like but just then, planned, yeah. amazing planning. As much makeup as Christopher Lloyd was wearing, he still turns in a credible performance. Oh yeah, he's he's got fake teeth. He's not stiff on his incisors. And he's still speaking, and we hear what he says. Yeah, yeah, and performs well. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. And. Yeah. I have never been more afraid of anything in my life than the dip. Oh, uh, the can dip I tell so you, scary. as a kid, I was just like, it's lava, I assume, you know, and I was like, it Holy looks so crap. unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And like, might as well be murdering puppies when he puts that shoe yeah. in the yeah, dip in the beginning. Shoe. And it was a great way to really show the, the consequences the and the stakes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, Oh my God. I mean, literally just obliterates everything, you know? And and his weasel sidekicks, perfect. And they're like mobsters dressed like mobsters, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because he himself is supposed to be a detective. Yeah. A judge. uh, a judge, yeah. sorry, yeah. He himself is supposed to be a judge. He's the city judge of Toontown. Right, mm-hmm. and and then he's got these kind of shady dudes that go around with him that are clearly mobster gangster types. Yeah. So you're like, what? Uh-huh. Like, why are we trusting this guy? You know, he's clearly... <laughs> but I wouldn't fuck with him, would you? No, you know, absolutely not. I would never say anything against that man, and I would be horrified. Well, so it's cool, too, because in that sequence where we see the dip for the first time... <laughs> What's interesting, not that it gets you on his side because he's clearly the villain, yes. but you do see the f- why the live action community might be afraid of Toontown because there's the guy who got killed by the safe. Sure. You yeah. Know, the murder scene. I mean, that's a gr- safe or a piano safe. Because uh, Eddie Valiant's brother was killed by a piano. Oh. Uh, in, in this sequence, there's a safe like bent into the Sorry, floor. Yeah. And you see the chalk outline where it landed on his head. Yes. And it's like, holy shit, that's not only funny, but it's also horrifying. Yep. Well, if they're invincible, if there's nothing, you know, you have to have an element of like, how can they be broken? You yeah. know, yeah. where's yeah. the What's chink- a threat to a tune? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so clever, again, with this, the planning. Yeah find this element of things that can wipe them out. Speaking mm. of clever too, yeah, wiping them out. The dip specifically as um, Lieutenant S- Santino d- d- describes to us, the, the, the dip is turpentine, acetate, and benzene. That's paint thinner. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Which yeah. is so perfect that yeah. they're drawing so it's paint uh-huh. thinner. That's so that's cool. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Good job, Pat. You do all the great <laughs> research. <laughs> good job, B. I always learn so much from your from your podcast when you're on here. And that's just me just being like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Pat's like, here are actual interesting Here's, facts. There's things we should Amanda, actually like to know. You're just a weird parrot person. I'm saying talks. But I do. I like things. Me, <laughs> Don't y'all. <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's all, folks. Take a bell. But uh, there, I did notice a thing, too, that was really clever and, and much in the way where uh, Chinatown exposes you to information, like, almost without you knowing it throughout the film. Uh, 
Roger Rabbit does it as well in that the one of the very first sequences with Christopher Lloyd's character uh, is in the bar and he's like searching for Roger and they have the dip there. Uh, do you remember this sequence? Yes. yes. And yeah. the dip gets spilled out on the floor. Yep. He's the only human character to run from the dip when to it spills away on the from floor. Yeah. And it's just for a second. He's just only on screen for a moment, but you see him skirt back really quickly. Yeah. And if you're paying attention, your your brain would say, why would he be worried about the dip touching him if he right. was human? Yeah, but and it's just paint there. It's like right there. It's it's right. exposed in front of you. The answer's there. Just like Chinatown. Exactly. And you yeah. don't know. You just, like, it's so well, yeah. so well placed. Earlier in that sequence, a great, uh, well, the, the 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 whole movie is a great example of 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 Eddie Valiant being resilient and re- resourceful with his meager means that that he has to to, to get by. Mm-hmm. Because uh, De- De- Dolores, who is the 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 the, the bartender at the at the um, at the at the red car terminal mm-hmm. cafe, w- which is on the verge of being shut down, mm-hmm. um, he has to ask her for money all the time. Mm-hmm. He's borrowing her camera mm-hmm. to work on the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his check that he gets from from our, our Cameroon goes straight to her mm-hmm. because she took out money from the till for him just for living expenses. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, when he needs to, to, to bring Roger to, to, to safe haven, he brings Roger to her place because the, the because that that bar also uh, was a speakeasy mm-hmm. during the the, the 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 prohibition. Yeah, mm. and he, she has like the back room, yeah, yeah. the secret room, and he knew that. So so the the the, the only person in town that, that 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 he can trust all the time is her because mm-hmm. she's such a great woman, and um and he can he can safely still Roger in there or yeah. so, or so he thinks. Yeah. Until you do shave and a haircut exactly. and then it r- forces the tune out. Exactly. Yeah. No matter what, <laughs> but that, I love all the that's sequences. A great, that, and that's such a great element. You know, they really were clever with how they relate it to the real world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love the sequences in the speakeasy room too. Like oh, the, the, whole, the handcuffs, handcuffs uh-huh. is My one God. of the funniest. <laughs> yeah, it's like you tell me you could get out of those anytime you wanted. Oh, no, no, only not when any it's time. funny. Yeah. yeah, so good. Like, ha. yeah, let me hold the table. It's so it's so interesting to me to be able to write not only a good mystery and great characters, but to then write convincingly believable tune logic. You know what I mean? Like, in order for that joke to work, you yep. not only have to set up the joke, but you have to convince the audience yeah. that what he says is true. Yeah. And I do. I do believe that he could only get out of those handcuffs. <laughs> when it was least convenient. <laughs> yes. When it was only when it was funny. But that's classic cartoons. You know, there's always a straight man. There's yeah. always the Elmer Fudd, mm-hmm. you know, or the Yosemite Sam type, mm-hmm. which makes the other characters that more annoying. You know, yeah. like, you see the two sides of it. And, like... You don't really agree with the straight guy because he's being too, you know, serious. And you don't really agree with the tune because they're being so crazy. So yeah. there's no, like, happy medium. But seeing them side by side is fun. And, you know, Valiant's playing the straight man in this. Yeah. And it's like you can only. And it, I just like that he's also grumpy. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of grumpy. Because <laughs> he's Rod- hung over. Yeah, because yeah. he's hung over all the time. We're coming down or whatever, you know. It's like that that idea to me is so funny with Roger because Roger's not, I mean, kind of affected by it because he wants him to like him, but he's also a tune at heart and it Uh doesn't matter. Yeah. And he's, there's very little consequences for him, but I do love like the whole, actually the whole, uh, the way they handle smoking and alcohol in this movie is 
so awesome because you have Eddie Valiant who's dealing with this real issue of potential alcoholism or depression yeah. and using it as a cool. as a crutch. Yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> Roger's introduction or his awareness of his use of alcohol is so funny because like i asked around town you know i asked the baker if you where you were and he didn't know and i asked the postman and he didn't know it's the butcher the candle store maker they didn't know but the liquor store guy knew yeah <laughs> yeah super yeah. funny it's just like so the characters are aware you know of like alcohol and drugs which uh -huh. you know we couldn't do today again that's a theme that they wouldn't even allow you can't even allow cartoons to smoke on screen anymore sure. and uh you have like the actual a sequence where roger takes a drink well, and I love that yeah. because as a kid, I was like, oh, I better not take a drink. Yeah, because yeah look what it did I am to not Roger. An adult, and I am not an adult. <laughs> right. Yeah. I relate more to the cartoon. Exactly. And I thought that was actually clever. Yeah, and yeah. he like fucking loses his shit when he Twice. takes alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Every time. But Which is great. That was a clever introduction, too, of how he's going to get out of that other sequence. Yeah. You know, you know what's going to happen. And as a detective, he remembers that. While we're on the subject, I want to m m make note because yes, as a kid, most of the alcoholism just floats right over your head. Yeah. Because thank God. <laughs> uh, but um, th th this time, because again, we've seen it so much, I I took note of the exact times w on screen when we saw oh, yeah. Eddie Valiant drink or not. Yeah, yeah. Wh wh whether he did take a drink or wh whether he, he chose not to or whether he was intervened from, from actually taking a drink that he planned to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times? Okay, so from from the the the, the two of you, from what what we can you can remember, did he drink more times th throughout the movie, or not drink more times? I think he didn't drink more times. I think there was more instances where he didn't get the drink in, and that's kind of that lust and yearning, like it's very. That's why he always wants more because ah, oh, yeah. someone took it again. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm gonna Matthew, guess it's exactly even. I'm gonna say he took as many as he got thwarted. He drank half as much as his attempts to drink. Oh, so okay. So, so you were right. You uh, were right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So how Amanda, many? How many right. was it? What was the exact number? We see him on screen successfully drink twice. Uh -huh. oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and there are two attempts where 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 his drinks are interrupted. Uh -huh. Like he's he's uh, startled by by, by Dumbo in oh, okay. in 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 in, uh, in Maroon's, Ar Ar office. Maroon's office, and he falls to the floor. He had a drink in his hand. The the the, the glass fell on the ground, mm -hmm. and um, at the terminal uh, bar, uh, D D Dolores takes, takes the drink out of his hand because he he owes her money. money yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he he, he, he 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 finally uh, gives her the check, and then he he can have his drink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then two the, the the two other times where he decides not to take a drink, uh, the. The the last one is incredibly big and and there, there's a lot of attention drawn to it. That's right before he goes into Toontown. Yeah, he has his bottle of of a wild turkey mm -hmm. and and he's about about to drink it and that's when he decides to pour it out. Pours it and out. Throws it up in the air and fires the, the tune gun at it. Yeah, shatters the bottle. Which but, which he uh, which I know at the beginning of the marathon, someone was like, is like we couldn't remember if Felix the cat was in this movie. And we were always like, oh, like, I don't think so. But right. for some reason, he feels like he's there. He actually, his face is painted above the tunnel to Toontown. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. So it's funny that we all was just like, I think he, he is in there, there somewhere. And he was. And he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, um, the most subtle in instance of, of, of Eddie Valiant not taking a drink, which I didn't notice until this time, it's in the movie theater with Roger. Hmm. It's, it's um, I forgot specifically when in the scene, but it's while he's telling 
Roger about about Teddy. Oh, yeah, okay. what happened? Uh, about what what happened in Toontown? Uh, the the the, the, the really strange joke uh, uh, about about Eddie's uh, and alcoholism at that point is that he's got his liquor bottle where his, where his gun would be in his yeah. holster. Yeah, yeah. It's his that's weapon. where he keeps it. Yeah. So, yeah, and he doesn't... Does he carry a gun? Only no. that one that's the tune gun, just right? The tune gun, yeah. 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 He doesn't... Just like, yeah. Yeah, just like Geddes, he doesn't yeah. work with a gun typically. So exactly. interesting. So, so Eddie, Eddie takes out the bottle. He's about to drink from it. And then Roger asks him like what happened or whatever. And that's when he puts he he caps the bottle and he puts it back. Yeah, and doesn't and doesn't and we don't see him touch it again until later. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it hits a, some sort of catharsis for him yeah. talking to Roger about uh-huh. it, and he opened up to him, mm-hmm. and then it's it's less of a crutch now than it was before. Yeah. But yeah. it's implied uh, er, er, earlier on that that um, so uh, we 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 definitely see him drinking later on at that first scene at the terminal bar, and then he definitely hand, has has a drink. Uh, uh, the scene when when he and Maroon show Roger the the, the pictures of Jessica and mm-hmm. Acme together. Yeah, yeah. And then l- l- later that night, it, it's implied that, that that he does drink too, but before uh, L- Lieutenant Santino wakes him up the next yeah. morning because he's like passed out basically with an, from drinking w- w- with an empty bottle. But when earlier that night it it had been full. Yeah, yeah. So it's not on screen, but it's it's, it's assumed. Screen. It's it's implied. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, him going into Toontown yes. now, which was. Such terrifying, a, uh, scary. It actually is <laughs> really, really scary, scary in Toontown. I mean, like, kind of like your oh. mo- most horrible LSD nightmare. Smile yeah. during this smile. Yeah, it's just really, really scary. Um, and Lena Hyena, the Lena Hyena, the, one of my favorite instances in this whole thing is her and Droopy. Her and Droopy mm-hmm. just kill it for me. <laughs> going down, sir. Going down, sir. <laughs> Yeah, like no, it's, your step. It's like so funny. I don't know. But it, I think it's like one of the only gags is in Toontown where they physically transform live action actors to look toonish. Like when he's in the bottom of the elevator. Oh, sure. you, you get squashed. Yeah, and it happens squashed. later with yeah. um, the judge oh, when yeah. he's run over. Yeah, and yeah. But back. he's a toon. But he's a toon. But so he's a toon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, actually, yeah. So maybe there's a magic in Toontown that it can. Yeah. I mean, there, it affects it, you. there is a magic because that's what happens. It, yeah. You kind of are invincible in some ways or you yeah. sort of l- rely like you physically be you know rely on the properties the physics of toontown except for i mean if exactly. his brother was killed in toontown by a piano that wouldn't yeah apply. apparently there's limits maybe it's the intention behind it right like in cartoons it if you wanted to kill someone yeah 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 like if you you can only get out of handcuffs when it's funny like you can only kill a person when, when your, your intentions intention are is to do so yeah, yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. And, uh, but yeah, awesome. that's so good. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think there's anybody that would say a bad thing about it. Really, yeah, it's just classic, and it still holds up. That's the nice thing is that it still holds up. Yeah, how, that was '88. Yeah, yeah, '88. Yeah, I mean, many, many years later now. It's, I would show it to my kids. I would totally yeah. be happy showing it to them. I would and show it to your kids too. Yeah, show it to my kids <laughs> specifically. <laughs> and to I know people kids. would argue that it's not for children, but. I think we're too safe. Except that it was. And it's it was. history has shown that it was for children. And we're yeah, fine. It was sold and, directly and it's to children. too safe. Yeah. People get too safe with this. And, and look then, at us. We're fine. We grew up fine. Yeah, we're not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we can just talk about the final sequence uh, with Doom um, and his reveal. You know, like essentially his his plan becomes the same scheme from Chinatown. It's he, he needs the property in order to then gain, yeah. you know, you know, gain the power essentially. Toontown needs to be his. It's a land grab and proof of just exactly how sick 
Judge Doom is, he's been planning this for years. Yeah. Because the reason why Eddie and Teddy were were chasing after the the uh, this bank robbery was because Judge Doom had stolen a zillion simoleons. Yeah. <laughs> from the, what was the first National Bank of Toontown? Yeah. He 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 socked away all that money so that then he could buy out the town. Yeah. He created a whole other identity for, for himself as as a human intercepting into the legal grounds of Toontown. Yeah. And as 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 disguised as a human, he could read through city development plans, mm-hmm. and so that's how he found out about the the, the freeway development. Mm-hmm. He found that and like singled it out and pulled it out for, for everybody to, to 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 see and said, "Here, do this." Yeah. And so he he also traffic that, jams will be a thing of the past. Traffic patterns will will be a thing <laughs> of the past. Mm-hmm. He he then also uh, he must have laundered uh, all those simoleons because not only did he buy out Toontown, he also bought out. The, the the human establishment of the red car uh-huh yeah, with, exactly with the same money yeah and he is the sole um the sole stockholder yeah of both of both of yeah both yeah so he he's been Love planning plan. this yeah he's yeah. been planning this for years uh-huh. his deviousness i yeah. mean he murdered teddy teddy uh-huh. valiant you know so it's just like his like he's so despicable yeah. and it's awesome but like it's another despicable spidery self-hating villain yes yeah. and i'm sure in the, his plan he was planning to kill them both it only hit one of them but then he realized that the one death broke the other brother so he didn't have to worry about it yeah. anymore i didn't think he had to worry about it anymore. yeah one of my favorite points about who, who framed roger rabbit is that on two instances we really get the the, the idea if Judge Doom recognizes an Eddie Valiant as the, as the same detective who's chasing him, right? Mm-hmm. But because there are two instances where where, where he's goading and yeah. poking at Valiant is when they first meet. Yeah, he brings it up twice uh, about surely you, you can appreciate the, the the gravity of a human being murdered by a tune, mm-hmm. and it's really it's really disgusting and it's really d- d- despicable. But he's yeah, knowing what Doom knows. But he's also trying to use his feelings. Yes, he's underestimating Eddie, f- f- thinking that th- that when faced with these facts of what did happen, that he will then weaken and become mm-hmm. and, 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 be, and become callow and 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 face away. But it's Roger who helps to break him out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you recognize me now? Yeah. The oh. dude that killed your brother? Yeah, the eye. Oh, my yeah. God. And the Being run over. It was really scary. Yeah, it's, it's still really it's scary. It's one of the horror, most horrifying scenes as a kid, too. But it, being run over by the crusher thing. Yeah. I mean, like, that was so scary. And him standing up. Yeah, and so yeah. disturbing. And, and re-inflating and the eyes popping out. Yeah. His hat blows off. Yeah. And he's got and that a shock crazy of yellow hair. hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing. And then the... Sp- them tied the classic like might as well be tied to the railroad you know them t- mm-hmm. hanging suspended uh-huh. escape proof tune rope yeah, yeah. escape proof yeah. tune rope. escape proof so otherwise fun. they could slip right out of it yeah exactly and i love that that so the clown circus stuff comes back when yes. eddie makes the weasels laugh so hard they die mm-hmm. yeah they, you know, you're gonna laugh so hard, you're gonna kill yourself or whatever he says, yep. right? You're gonna uh-huh. die laughing one. Of you're these gonna days. die laughing yeah. one of these days, and then he does his whole like song and dance. Which, yeah. I mean, Bob Hoskins, what amazing performance that is, and yeah. you could tell he's a theater guy. Yeah. You know, from this movie, he was very subtle in his acting, mm-hmm. and and there was a lot of fun staging, like being dragged around by Roger on the handcuffs. But this is the first where you see him really go crazy, <laughs> and it's so entertaining. Um, and I love, I love the the certain. Scary doom of the, the doom, dip, the dip coming towards them, mm-hmm. and they're trying to avoid it, and you know, just fun. It's just a great ending. It's very, it's very satisfying of all the ways to tie it together. And again, mm-hmm. that what a wonderful twist. Yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. And then once our characters and our, our heroes are saved and uh, Doom gets killed by his own device, you know, he gets melted by the dip, yep. um, which is also terrifying. Um, then we get uh, the reveal of Toontown, like the wall, the, the wall between Toontown and the real world being broken down in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, again, kind of frightening in its own way. Like all seeing all those characters spill out into the real world. It's just like it's <laughs> overwhelming, I guess, is the best way it's to put it. Overwhelming. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, and then the, the disappearing, reappearing ink. Yeah. And then On the love letter. Yeah. How do I love you? Let, yeah. me, Let me count, count the, the ways. ways. One, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, <laughs> yeah. three, one thousand. <laughs> so good. But, uh, but that, that was, I mean, a lot of clever stuff in here too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this could, this scene could never happen today. Like all the characters from all those different properties, right. like working together. It's just cool. It's just cool, man. Uh, I believe it's it's important again to to, to go over our, our main character being a, a a detective his rates for for his work oh yeah that, that, that he charges so at the beginning of of the, the movie Eddie Valiant quotes to our Cameroon one hundred dollars for a job oh wow just for the total job the total wow. job. plus expenses oh okay at at the the at, in, end of the day but but then so through throughout the story Judge Doom offers five hundred dollars. Mm. reward for for turning in roger rabbit interesting yeah which is seems not quite right only in that there's like the first movies in 1937 and uh -huh. this is 1947 so you'd think the values would be a little bit exactly, higher yeah but it's uh, just a little bit more tangible i guess and also much more low-balling yeah like uh -huh. he's he's not he, he's a down and out detective exactly. as opposed to uh, jake geddes who's like pro, you know he's yeah. profiting exactly by this. yeah he's He's got employees. Uh, Giddis has a, a, a employees, and and uh, uh, Eddie is just working through the kind-hearted favor of his long-suffering girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Curious. Did they ever reveal? This is uh, this could be the dumbest question. Did they say why he framed him? Because he did it, and he needed someone for it to blame on. Right? He killed Acme. Doom did. Yeah. 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 And so that's why they framed Roger because. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then because Acme was was playing patty cake with Roger's wife. Right. So, so maybe he was, he and he would have looked distraught. Yeah. And yeah. so then it makes me curious. Did was Doom in Maroon's pocket? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's why he got killed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he was scared stuff, to speak. That's why he was scared to say, and that's when he got shot. Right. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. got shot. Because Doom Which, shot I mean. Him. So that's why I'm just pointing this out. It's like it's literally the same plot as Chinatown. Yeah. It's like someone else hires this separate story mm -hmm. to cover the framing of this to cover a bigger thing yeah yeah i mean really that, that's yeah. why it's so funny to go to the next movie and i yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't even recommend watching it no. that we'll get to that but i'm just saying like these two are so like blood so brothers in a, a movies yeah you know and and one is an homage to the other, but one is so separate too in the concept of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like of all the remakes and <laughs> reboots we have today, you know, you'd like to think that they would take note from a movie like Roger Rabbit. It's like if you're going to remake Chinatown, do it in an interesting way. Right. Make us, make it, you know, make us believe there's a reason to do it, not right. just for the money, yeah. you know, because like this is a remake of Chinatown essentially, but it, it, it proves itself in its own way. Very much. Yeah. Whereas all these fucking remakes that come out today, it's just like they had the same title, the same <laughs> scenes. It's so goddamn annoying. Not the same scene. Shittier scenes. Shittier scenes. <laughs> Worst versions it. of the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck but, you, Total Recall. <laughs> fuck you, Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, all of them. All of them. So I guess on that note, we can move on to the next film, which is The Two Jakes, which came out in 1990. 
Fuck this movie. Yeah, dude. this movie's so bad. Directed I, by Jack Nicholson. Yeah, directed by Jack yeah. Nicholson. <laughs> I, I I will be here to support the movie more so than you two. Okay, that's fine. You'll be the the slightly in the will, other direction. It's good. Advocate. It's gonna be more interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're not getting away with this. Yeah. <laughs> you too. I think I think uh, what is upsetting about it is this idea of like. It felt like to me, like Jack Nicholson was like, well, I was in Chinatown, so I can make a Chinatown movie. And that annoys me. Sort of. It it may seem that way, but unfortunately, that's not the reality. Okay, good. What's the reality? reality. I know you'll come here with facts, and that (laughs) makes me happy. Facts from interviews and (laughs) summaries that I read of the interviews. Uh, uh, The reality is that Robert Town, uh, who who had written this script, and also written the previous script, wrote Chinatown, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not the previous, but the Chinatown, <laughs> not Roger Rabbit. Uh, he was going to d- direct this, okay. And R- R- Robert Evans w- w- was going to come back and produce with them also. Sounds uh, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, R- R- Roman Polanski not going to come nope. back and direct. Nope. But with with, with N- Nicholson on as an unofficial producer and and, and uh, agreeing to, to be the star uh, again, otherwise they wouldn't go through it. Yeah. Um, they all had the harebrained idea of, of of letting Robert Evans act again, mm, mm-hmm. and for him to play Jake uh, J- Jake Berman, the Harvey Keitel character, Harvey, Harvey Keitel's character, ah. and so uh, pre production had began in earnest with that thought, and it got a little ways into pre production when when uh, Robert Town came to his senses and and realized that 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 Robert Evans can't really perform this part. Yeah. Mm. He can't handle it, and so they turned him down. The production fell apart. Yeah, because he's the producer. You do you do you deny the producer of the film the elite one of the lead roles that yeah, movie's not getting made, and then it's just it it crumbled. The finances fell out completely. Lawsuits started being launched into the air. People are give me my money. I the work brunt, on this. The or... brunt of them fell on Nicholson because he was the wealthiest of them at the time. Mm-hmm. So in order to recoup losses and cover all the lawsuits. He shoulders the responsibility. He had directed two other, uh, uh, maybe three, three other features, but before mm-hmm. this one, and this was the last feature he's uh, he's, well, he's directed. Yeah. Huh. I mean, as an. It's not the best circumstances. It's admirable, but it feels like that. It feels yes, like yeah, there's yeah. definitely something behind the scenes as to why. Yeah, yeah. How can so many people still be involved that were in the original? You know. Yeah. And then for it to still die off. All right, well. Well, I think, you know what? I'm going to go out there and say right off the bat, I think the biggest problem with this movie is two things. There's two, it's twofold. Two jigs? The two jigs. It's two of them. <laughs> two jigs fold. Um, one, there's a horrible veal for this whole movie. There's a voiceover narration that just wrecks the tone that of Chinatown the movie. Chinatown did not have. That Chinatown did True. not have. True. Um, and just totally doesn't even feel like the same world. That's so right. already, this doesn't feel like Chinatown to yeah. me. So, because uh, it, now it's telling you instead of showing you, yes, which was the brilliance of the it's first a big movie. tone change. Yeah, so that was one. I was like, "Fuck this movie!" Right off the bat, and two, Jack Nicholson aged so poorly, but they still treat him like he's this young, run and gun like detective. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like he's still the the love interest. You know what I mean? He still has the sex scene. Like you know, it's just like no. If they should have written this character to be older. You know what I mean? Like how many years have passed? 
in reality, 16 years had passed in, be, in between, between the productions. The and that's a lot within for an the actor. S- within the story, 11 years had passed. Yeah. So then play it out. You're correct. Like play up that uh, years. Yeah. That he's older. To him. Yeah. And let that. You know that. You know you're talking about an old gritty detective. Like, well, he's been fucking beat up exactly. after that. Yeah. After Chinatown, he, he had he's also scarred. fought in World War Two. Yeah. Oh God. He enlisted yeah. in World War Two. Yeah. And so the you character. Don't, you don't acknowledge- in between in between movies. <laughs> So yeah. ridiculous. So you don't acknowledge that age and use it to your advantage in this script? Like that's crazy to me. Like he's just he's just acting like Jack Nicholson if he was twenty years younger. Yeah. It doesn't work. The closest to acknowledging Jake's like aging age is also him being v- uh, more so melancholy mm-hmm. all through all throughout the story. And and we see evidence of him having relationships that grown-ups have yeah okay yeah he's got a long-suffering uh girlfriend also yeah who 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 is sick of his shit yeah uh uh right off the bat first scene yeah the 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 first instance we we, we see of her is a phone call saying why aren't you here yeah and and um and and then like the second time we, we we see her she she drops off what, what what we believe to be an engagement ring saying we're mm-hmm. through yeah and that's it yeah which I mean, to be fair, though, like, yes, it is sort of a mature reaction to an aging detective who isn't grown up. Yeah. But again, that's sort of the problem is that he hasn't grown up. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't grown up because he's stuck in the past. He's stuck in the past. And that's the theme of this story. Yeah. yeah right. That's uh, the theme of the production, too, which uh, is uh, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. It should have just stayed the past. So his <laughs> office assistants. His assistants yeah. in the business, same actors, correct? Same actors. Um, or at least one of them is. Uh, yeah, one of them is. Um, the one that played the photographer for him in the first film. The yeah, first that's one. the same guy. Yeah, yeah, same actor. Yeah. I don't know. In this one, you know, the plot being that Harvey Keitel hires them to spy on his wife, who he thinks is cheating. They get evidence of them ch- cheating with his business partner right. in a hotel. Um, and then Harvey Keitel pulls a fast one over Jake yeah. and mm-hmm. shoots and kills. Yeah. And so now, once again, he's implemented in this crime, you know. Yeah. Yeah, much like in the first movie, yes. mm-hmm. now he's dragged in not only by money or by interest, but by culpability. Yep. And so he is has to now prove whether or not it was a crime of passion or a premeditated murder yes. in order to clear his own name. Right. Which is, you know, that part of it was interesting. Some of the stuff that they revealed about how it was premeditated, like the chair mm-hmm. that was delivered that had the gun on it, you yeah. know? I think yeah. Where, where, where the gun come from? That, that that was a big point. Yeah, and I yeah. thought that was interesting. There's small specks of interesting things, but not enough to glue the movie together. There was that horrible actress in it, um, Meg Tilly, or oh, Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. Ma- Madeline God, Stowe. you know Stowe. she's had such Bodine. A, yeah, she's had such an up and down career, but man, she blew it in this. She's terrible. She was miscast. Yeah, she yeah, was and she was playing miscast. the wife of the guy who was shot and killed, who was having the affair. Yes, yes, yes. And absolutely. then Meg Tilly plays who was the who the is, wife of Harvey Keitel. Yes, but the the person who was shot and killed was Harvey Keitel's the business partner. Business, business partner. partner. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just this bad business. But deal. again, like I see, <laughs> like the big reveal, like you said, the thing that was interesting about this movie and the mystery was the reveal of the gun and how that came to be and right. where did it come from. But it being a reveal to the audience could have been anything because they don't give you any clues to it. See, that specific reveal, I don't remember at all. Yeah, it's because like, yeah, they, disc- I remember they show like the, you. The, 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 there were photographs of, of the chair like being taken out, moved, repairs or something. 
I remember like really trying to concentrate and think about, okay, what's important? And then it shows up later and like I missed it for a moment. I was paying so much attention, like trying to catch all, yeah. all the threads. Yeah. 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 That like completely dropped out of sight for me that moment. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't guide you. It doesn't guide you yeah. to the information you need to know. Right. Uh, one bit of information that I was fascinated with that, that again, we were not guided to, uh, the reason uh, for part of the affair that uh, uh, Berman and and his his wife being driven away from from him to Berman's business partner, mm-hmm. yeah, that that he has uh, radium poisoning, right? Mm-hmm. And he had been trying to hide that from his wife, couldn't tell her at all anything about it, mm-hmm. and so emotionally it just turned her away from him. Yeah, and that's the reason that, that that's one of the reasons for the the the, the affair. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't fess up about what it was what, and what yeah. was going on with him, and so he emotionally pushed her away. Yes, emotionally, yes. physically too. You know. Yeah. She wasn't being satisfied because that's why he was like, oh, I kind of drove her into yeah, his arms. He did dr- dr- drive her away. And almost like a cartoon. I remember the first time you see the radium can. Yeah. It's literally just a giant can with big block letters right. that says radium. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how radium comes in a can. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Fresh from the radium farm. Exactly. Like you don't like Chinatown and Who Framed Roger Rabbit have such attention to detail, especially in the creation of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as production design, locations, you know, and this is just a fucking tin can with radium <laughs> on it right. I could it's so that. lazy well and there's just a lot of lazy stuff we talk about joke about the um the explosion where jack oh, nicholson's God. gets blown we all simultaneously shout yeah. out casino yeah well uh, yeah for the for the listeners out there basically the scene is that jack <laughs> lights nicholson a lights a cigarette and he's sitting on the uh, property, the yeah. uh, that the housing d- 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 development pr- property that 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 Berman and and Bodine, uh, and, 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 and Bodine own and operate. We're yeah. in business. Whatever. All and the while, there's natural gas lines. On, exactly. Not, not lines. Natural gas itself seeping from the ground that they own. Yeah. So when Jack Nicholson lights his cigarette. It explodes and he flies into the air in this slow motion, ridiculous setup. And it looks so fucking goofy. Like, it just looks so dumb. Quite silly. Like, you couldn't. I mean, it's easy. I'll compare it. Okay, so it's him snooping or whatever and getting in trouble. The, the, The lined up scene from Chinatown. Is when he's in the water section and the water starts gushing out, right? Yeah. How yeah. awesome and believable was because that he's moment? Because he's sitting there and it happens. Because he's sitting there and it happens. Whereas this, like, silly, in a way, cartoonish moment. Oh, way cartoonish. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was executed so well in Chinatown. And, and the was... water runoff is really scary. Oh, yes. it's really scary. It happens like, twice and it's really startling. It seems unnatural, but what's strange about it is that it's water. Yeah. It's water being controlled by valves. Yeah. And it, it rushes and it's unexpected. It startles Jake and it startles us. Absolutely. And that's what this gas thing was supposed to be a parallel it should to. Be exactly. like, you know what am I doing being you exploded? Know really, <laughs> you know what's a really easy way to like make that work? Mm. Is not have weird slow motion camera pointing towards the sky, him flying over there. I mean, it was so overly done. Yeah, right. It was like, just show him lighting a cigarette from behind cut to a wide where it Im- almost immediately shows the explosion and just have a fucking dummy sitting there. Right. You know what I mean? And you just see like your main character like fucking go up in flames. Like yeah. that would be really frightening. And then show next scene, yeah. you know, that he's in the hospital hurt, but that he right. somehow managed to survive. You right. know what I mean? Like it was just ill-conceived. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, generally plot wise, again, I just, 
feel like it was poorly executed as things were revealed. I mean, it was just clumsy. It was just clumsy. It was clumsy. Like, like, yeah, like I said before, you have the sex scene with Madeline Stowe. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, it's awkward. I don't know if it was supposed to be a joke or if we were supposed to think he was a badass, but like. That sweet he has this, line. <laughs> yeah, he has this stupid line where he's like, you know, I'm trying to be a gentleman about this. Now get on your knees and put your ass in the air. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck kind of line is that? Like, it doesn't make sense in any context. Like, yeah. Years later, uh, his character in The Departed had a similar scene like that also. Oh, really? But it was fueled by cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, it's like it was, it was fueled by madness. It was, it was more justified yeah. later but on. But this is but just our main hero. Yeah, like, the, 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 this is him be, be being overcome by lust and giving into circumstances. Yeah. Which it's important l- later on to, to, to note that, 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 that given a similar option, under different circumstances, he refuses it with yeah. Kitty. Yes, absolutely. With Kitty, at the end of the movie, he realizes, no, not you. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be you. It can't be you. You yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but uh, you know, I guess, I mean, is it too early to talk about the no, reveal of Kitty? No, it's not too early at all. Yeah, okay, so basically, we, we go through this whole movie, and Meg Tilly's character, uh, who is Harvey Keitel's uh, wife in the film, uh, it's revealed that she's in fact Catherine yeah. from Chinatown. The, she the is poor, Catherine des- yeah, Catherine yeah. Mulray, the most sad character in the history of movies. Product of her, um, her grandpa slash dad yep. raping her mom yeah. slash sister. Yep. And she obviously has not grown up to be emotionally completely stable. No, but I think what I don't like about this movie is that they somehow turn her into this like mastermind criminal element I just don't see the connect I like the evolution of Catherine Mulray from the end of Chinatown 1 to the mastermind wife and like devious land baron just there's no there's no connective connective tissue to yeah. it. She it's, seems like well, a, she is Noah Cross's daughter. Right. I mean, I guess so. She's from California royalty. White California royalty, I should say, yeah, <laughs> because r- r- real California royalty is but like we assume the natives or the Spaniards who yeah, came over. Yeah, true. But we assume that she's aware of her circumstance by yes. the end of this, this movie, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, she seems like a victim of circumstance because she's just born into having land mm-hmm. in her family. Mm-hmm. So people are marrying her to get the land. Yeah, yeah. And get the land out from under her. And so... While married, the husbands take control of the land. When they die, they go back to her. Mm-hmm. There's going to be this this seesawing, this yo-yoing, this this going back and forth of of are they interested in her or her or her or her wealth? Yeah, and it's the wealth really. Yeah, and so personally, she must feel incredibly devalued, even more so oh, than yeah. ever. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah, so much so that that again, I'll I'll, I'll sit and talk about the, the the circumstances in that very last scene of the movie mm-hmm. with her and Jake right before it occurs to him who she really is because he doesn't recognize her yeah but, but she recognizes him her fixation on older men now from harvey keitel being her husband yeah she forces herself onto jake at mm-hmm. the end also and he pushes her away and says no see that's your problem you don't know yourself anymore yeah and 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 faced with that she 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 runs away and it's only then that 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 jake realizes oh kitty is Catherine. mm-hmm and no, we are never done with the past. Yeah, it never goes away. Yeah, yeah. it's always there. And yeah. he's like, he's li- he's been living in it in his own mind, but it's always it's actually like come back yeah. physically too. Yeah. It's, it's like physically it's actually shows up there. Now. Yeah, 
Yeah. Just in time because he's been thinking about it all along. <laughs> what time for him? What timing? Yeah, I mean, they track, I mean, they really try to force in yeah. Chinatown into this movie. There's like, a picture from the first one. They even yeah. show footage from it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they even have like footage in it. It's just like, man, you are not legitimizing mm-hmm. this movie in any way by oh, stealing the from the at first the end, movie. Right? They show the yes. death. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a whole new letter from 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 Evelyn, uh, reiterating right, right. Oh what God. her plans. Yeah, her it's plan. like you did not fucking yeah. need to do that. Which she clearly did not write a letter because in Chinatown they discuss it yeah. verbally. Yeah, so it's things that, that 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 they already spoke about and they didn't have time. Yeah. To write a letter she anymore. Was it was all rush, rush. Get, get over here. And, yeah. And, and it'll meet you there and get in the car driveway. Oh, you're dead. It's a disgrace. Like, it's like people, it's almost like if you had known any better, you would say the people who wrote this had never seen Chinatown. You know what I mean? Because it's like you would know that the character wouldn't write a letter telling Jake Giddis her intentions. First, she didn't when, want any evidence. She was really good about right. not she having was hiding. evidence. She was covering herself. Yeah, yeah, and when she had just told it to him out loud face to face. Essentially that mostly, but like, you know, right. she was so good at being secretive her whole life. So the fact that a letter, like actual evidence sign, you know, like there's no way she would do that. Yeah. It's just very uncharacteristic. Yeah, talking about, you know, directly relating evidence to her family secret too yeah i mean that she died to keep that a secret yeah you know she died and then she was all of a sudden leaving letters around not a thing it's ridiculous and right did robert town actually write this yeah that couldn't have been in his draft is it i don't know Oh, that was that's really depressing. That sounds like a is. panic to go like, will the audience remember? <laughs> well, then, you know? then don't fucking watch the two Jakes if you haven't seen Chinatown. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a problem. So the public works in this is oil, correct? It's well specifically it's oil because you have to buy the land in order to get the mineral rights underneath the land. Yeah. 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 And the gas line. It's the, the natural gas yeah. or yeah. whatever. Like they were drilling underneath Harvey Keitel, exactly. Berman and Bodine's property. Yeah. So, um, okay. So then his death. Can we talk about Harvey Keitel's death oh, yeah. in this movie? His suicide, essentially. Essentially, but it was just... <laughs> His I suicide mean, by cigarette. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it was just so that he could... Sh- she could never know. Again, like a big secret of like him dying anyways. Right. So if I die in this accident, she could just have the land and the money and it yeah. would be done. It'll all go back to her. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. yeah. yeah legally, it would, if, if he passes away... Which, I mean, I guess it's convenient that he was dying anyway, right. you know, so. Yeah. We should mention, too. Um, or to the two wives, actually. that's They mm-hmm. do talk about That's right. Yeah, it goes back to both, both of them. Of the they, they split it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The the crazy, wacky M- Mrs. Bodine now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Madeline Stowe. But oh my um, God. Uh, I did a little bit more r- research also on, about this because they, they, they don't come right out and state what it is that 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 Berman has like why does he have radium poisoning where does radium poisoning mm-hmm. come from part of that was a treatment for syphilis at the time oh interesting oh. apparently so but didn't they also by the end of the movie say he had cancer yeah yeah but oh, because okay. the, the 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 radium gave him cancer oh yeah. the ra- oh, so it wasn't it wasn't ra- like okay so it wasn't the cause and effect i had backwards yeah so he has cancer because of the radium because not of he radium. was taking radium to try and kill the cancer right gotcha exactly. yeah indeed and syphilis so that so there again uh-huh. is a, a node to the infidelity of uh-huh. man yeah other infidelity yes other infidelity but where it wasn't as big a deal you know she didn't yeah. kill him over it i'm right. sure she knew right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so interesting but i think that's the one thing about this movie that they actually did well as far as subtlety of producing information which is the very beginning of the film harvey keitel seems very not worried or concerned with the fact that he could 
be convicted or go to jail for murder. Oh, yeah. Because he knows that he's going to die. That's what's so strange uh, about the, this movie, that the, the, that point, it this is all so much more personal. Mm-hmm. It's all taken so much more personally. There's so much less tension. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more tension, and and everything in Chinatown is a surprise. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what what's in The Two Jakes is a foregone conclusion. Exactly. It's so strange. It feels so different. And the narration, <clears throat> the narration does nothing to amp up the tension it's just it relieves it, it actually relieves yes, all the tension it's actually really re- re- relaxing because it's the voice of jake Giddis speaking poetry about california's past mm-hmm. <laughs> about like the natives knew but they didn't know and they believed in ghosts <laughs> and and uh <laughs> the white man came and taught them about religion mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's just all this bullshit yeah it's just bullshit man it would belong in a different production but did you in any of your research did you discover anything about true crime or anything that this was based on anything not, directly i did not dig that deep yeah because i i looked into it i didn't see anything directly I, I couldn't find anything that was like clearly connected in the same way that the highway system for roger rabbit was and that the water system was for sure for chinatown yeah. so yeah, they just tried. It was forced. This whole movie was a forced yeah. effort. Yeah. They should have just let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not how Hollywood works most of the time. No. But, um. So, uh, what I took away from it, it's a great parade of character actors mm-hmm. coming in and performing these really intense things that one wind up not adding to the intensity of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, Here's the deal. It felt like fan fiction. It did. Oh, it really did. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> really high profile fan fiction. Like just super high profile fan fiction. Yeah, it's like, hey, we'll take all these characters we know and then just put them over here. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like the same world evolved. Like it just feels like a separate world looking in. Yeah. Yeah. I was v- very glad to to see that the, the the character of uh, Captain Lou Escobar return. He did yeah. come back, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for Jake and he to have like even more trust mm-hmm. this time around. Yeah. Uh, so so much so that Jake even tells his 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 uh, secretary that the only important calls I get from the police are from Escobar. Mm-hmm. Anybody else calling, they're just going to give us bullshit. Yeah. When he calls, put him into me, and that's. That's a great feeling to, to to see from 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 the Chinatown movie, mm-hmm. especially the ending of Chinatown. Yeah, especially the, the ending because Escobar was there; he saw it happen too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's important. And, and Khan does too when Khan returns. Yeah. Khan yeah, shows absolutely. up, and um and and uh w- w- we get the the significant uh, poppy motif from him, right? Talking about how how um the poppy is is such a dangerous plant because um it's it's then also associated with Catherine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the biggest clue that we get throughout the middle of, of the movie is, is that Kitty has a poppy, what necklace, uh, earring brooch. Yeah. Some sort of jewelry. Yeah. yeah poppy yeah. jewelry. So yeah. she is wearing it in the middle of the movie and then we, we see her wearing it later on too. Yeah. But it's just awkward. Like again, like that's, it's, it's trying very to, heavy handed. it's all so heavy handed and it's like, why, why it's like they forced in the scene with Khan just so yes. they could have a poppy in yeah. the, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it's so in fucking fact, weak. In fact, while we were w- watching it, I turned to, to, to Josh at, 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 at the time, because at the end of that scene with Khan, there's this, really heavy-handed like pan flute yeah s- uh, sound music which is like so 
Uh, so um, is that of like a Lifetime original or yeah, something? Lifetime original. It's very it's very heavy handed. Which uh, Chinatown the, the 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 movie was not that heavy handed at no, all. No, not at all. It was all so 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 plain and and set up for you to notice. Yeah, because I think Chinatown was self aware that the characters themselves might have been racist at the time. Right. But that they wouldn't. The movie itself wasn't going to be nope. racist. Yeah. Whereas this movie is like it doesn't get it. Nope. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh, yeah. Yeah. God damn this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's an official sequel to Chinatown, but I really yep. wish it wasn't. I wish I could forget it and wipe it off the map. And I think one of the hard, just speaking to the craft of what we do here in Cinemarathons, always is it hardest for the last movie to be shitty. Yeah, to be the worst. Because you're on such a great wave, you know? Chinatown, very dramatic, such a great a classic. way to start. And then... The greatness that is Roger Rabbit, you know, yeah. who framed Roger Rabbit and that spirit in there. And then just that spirit is crushed yeah, by this one. Yeah, it's just killed. It's just murdered. Yeah. And that's the real I mean, at least two, this, two out of three. Universe. I'll take two out of three being great. I just wish it wasn't. I wish it, I'd rather it bookend than the yeah. last bitter taste. I mean, by that moment, we were all just like, nah, nah. <laughs> like <laughs> what did we do? And there was so much good in the day yeah, to I was be exhausted. left on that last note. I was exhausted, I was exhausted too. Exhausted. It was one of those movies where you, we both, Matthew and I both laughed about how we stopped taking notes. Like yeah. we were so in awe and disdain for what we were seeing that we just couldn't even physically write down anything. Yeah. If anyone listening ever wants to attempt this marathon, even though technically we did it in the proper order, I'd say go Chinatown to Jake's and, who, and then end with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Like, or just don't watch Two Jake's and just watch Chinatown <laughs> yeah, just and watch Roger first, Rabbit back yeah. to back. Just make it a double feature. Because, yeah. boy, man, if you're a fan of either, then Two Jake's really disappoints. Really, really bad. Well, thanks for coming and talking about this universe with me. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, we don't do thematic marathons very often yeah for good reason there's a lot of franchises to get through true and if we're going to keep on trucking with Cinemarathon, mm -hmm. we'd like to hit you know as many of the official franchises as we can while yeah. we're still going uh but every now and then we might pepper one of these in exactly uh, it's a slippery slope so don't get used to it yeah <laughs> but the exceptions are for the prominent ones yes exactly <laughs> Be sure to tune into our next episode when we watch the films in the Fast and the Furious franchise. As usual, we will be live tweeting our experience. You can follow us on Twitter at CineMarathonPod. That's CineMarathon, P-O-D. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CineMarathon. And if you'd like to reply with any comments or suggestions for marathons, feel free to email us at CineMarathon at gmail.com. And all of this information can be found on our website at CineMarathonPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.